Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of All Cued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Dunfisher. How's your week been, Maya? Hey, I'm on camera. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I've already gotten used to it. I didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, so this week's been, uh, let's just say it's not been the best. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm fine. Things. But, you know, well, you um, had the sh- you had the shower issue. Okay, yeah, let's go into it. Why not? So, I don't feel I like the shower take... issue is a problem, uh, like a problematic thing to talk about. But yeah, well, it's it's an inconvenience. Um, my shower, water in the kitchen, water in the bathroom sink, scalding hot. My shower, hardly any temperature. It was just barely lukewarm couldn't figure it out and at first i thought it was the hot water heater but then i was like no we wouldn't have hot water in the sinks what's going on and they came and looked at it and there is a um a um a regulator type valve in the pipes themselves where the water comes out controls the cold water flow into the hot water flow it had worn out and was no longer working and the cold water was just coming full through full bore. Um, so he replaced it with a temporary part uh, that was plastic, but the metal part he had to order, they ordered it yesterday. It should be here today. Um, but the temporary fix, I was able to take the hottest shower I'd had in months. <laughs> it was great. Um, then uh, let's see. Yeah, I had. I, I ended up getting a fingernail infected. That sucked. Yuck. Oh, very yuck. Very yuck. It was very infected. Um, it was on my ring finger of my left hand. I'm just going to briefly flash it. You can't tell yeah. too much from this distance. No. But it looks a lot better than it did. I mean, it was red all the way down to this knuckle. And it was swollen up the size of a fucking hot dog. It looked like it was getting ready to burst. And it happened in like two days time. Uh, Thursday, I noticed there was some discoloration at the base. And it chipped. And it actually put like a big hole in the top where it chipped. And I was like, that's weird. And wow, something's on fire. Um, Oh, you can hear that, huh? That's actually out on... So the where I live, uh, I would say it's approximately two base or two football fields length away from the main road, which is so where the firefighters usually yards. are. That's yeah, it's it's just driving down the main road or six hundred feet. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I said six hundred yards, like an idiot. Look at the math major I am. <laughs> so so I, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't have known at all. My brain would have been like, it's 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 a distance. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, but yeah, my nail, it just, my finger is red and it was hot to the touch and the, the backside of my nail just kind of, instead of being, you know, kind of smooth and coming out like this, it was raised up like that in the back, like pushed up in green and went to my doctor Monday morning because this happened over the weekend and I live in the middle of bumfucked Egypt. There is nothing here. Nothing's open on the weekend. They rolled the sidewalks up and put them the fuck away at 6 p.m. on a Friday. Good fucking luck. Um, but yeah, um, go to the doctor Monday. 
she takes a look at it and a, and a friend of mine who's a nail tech she owns her own nail salon and um, spa massage place really nice place here in town uh, I asked her what she thinks it was and she says it looks like perinitia which is a nail fungal infection but it has to be treated with antibiotics or it won't go away and it's easily gotten by anybody you can get it and I suspect where I build model kits uh, when I use my hobby knife sometimes I will cut myself with the tip of that hobby knife very tinily like my you know razor thin literally razor thin incisions and I'd say I probably nicked around my cuticle one day and just didn't think anything of it and that's what led to it um, but yeah they had to take a scalpel and actually cut through the top of the nail in a couple of places and just squeezed and literally got out a full tablespoon of pus finger feels great doesn't hurt it's looking much healthier. It's you know, nails going to fall off, which is going to suck. So I'm going to have nine painted fingernails for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but you know, it could have been a lot worse, and I got it taken care of. You know, as soon as it was literally physically possible. Yeah. Um. You know, other than that, my week's been okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like those those are the only things uh, I can think of that you you talked to me about. Yeah, I got some horrible news about an old friend yesterday. They're sadly no longer with us, and yeah. you know that's really upset me. And but I'm not going to go into any details or anything. I just I'm going to miss my friend, and yeah, you know I think of him, I'll think of him often. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my week in a nutshell. Other than that, I started replaying through uh, Nino Cooney, The Wrath of the White Witch. Uh, the remastered version of it for the PS4 that just came out a couple of years ago. I'm uh, playing through that because it's been six or seven years since I played through that game. And it's a fantastic game. And it was uh, on sale. They It was on sale for 10 bucks. That and uh, Tales of Vesperia, the definitive edition, which I've never played through, but I was, love the Tales of series. So I got those both for like 20 bucks last week. Uh, nice. You know, easily two RPGs you can sink 100 plus hours into really easily. And that's, yeah. you know, that's my bread and butter. It's what I do. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, uh, how many hours did you put into Horizon? Like over 100? Even though you didn't have to? Uh even though I didn't have to, I put at this point, I still play it a little bit, but I'm waiting, give it some time, uh, and then I'm going to replay through it. But my first playthrough on a very hard difficulty level, the hardest difficulty that's available, until they announce some DLC for it or something like that, or until I play through it again. Uh, 108 hours, maybe? It's over a hundred. It's over a hundred and five, but not much more than a hundred and five. Yeah, less than a hundred and ten, but a lot of hours. I don't have the patience to put that kind of time into a game. Um, uh, definitely not the time nowadays because it took me. God, well, you just defeated it yesterday. Yeah, but I did, and that story fifteenth. Yeah, you did the story difficulty. You didn't do any side quests. You Not just did straight one. main quests. 
you didn't get the game and get didn't get to start the game until a week after it had been out. Right. Because you got so, it through Gamefly. But I it, it came out like, on Friday the eighteenth. You didn't get it until Friday the twenty fifth, I wanna say. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's my problem is that like I still put a lot of time into Fall Guys because I just I love playing the game. It's just fun. And yeah. on top of watching shows, playing Fall Guys and responsibilities, I don't have a ton of time to play. And like I've been fucking like really tired lately. So like I get home from work and like I have a couple hours. I could play Horizon, but I just end up not. I just end up not because I'm just too well, tired. You don't have to defend your decision not to play it as soon as you no, get I'm just, in or anything. I'm just explaining why it took me so long. Well, you know, two and a half, almost three weeks playing it, you know, a little bit every couple of days isn't bad. No, I don't think so. But, but um, yeah. if anyone was curious as to why it took me so long, that's why. Uh, because I like again, I didn't do any sing- any single side quest. Um, I didn't. I just I played it on the easiest possible difficulty and just got through it as quick as arguably quickly as I could. Um, I have lots of free time. <laughs> it's like after this today i got fuck all to do oh no i have i have so much shit to do today <laughs> so much shit um i will say this though here's the positive thing about being as busy as i am i don't have time for the negative shit to fucking seep in I just don't. Either I'm too tired for it to act like my brain to start saying negative shit to me, or uh, um, I'm just I'm just too busy. Um, also, like listening to D and D podcasts while I'm while I'm door dashing. I don't know how or why, but it has been a goddamn godsend. So that's awesome. I'm, yeah, I I'm like thoroughly fucking like way too deep as I, i'll text you occasionally and just be like so could you do this with like a fighter class <laughs> could you do this with a mage like I, there's a couple ideas that i've had for characters and my I was just like you could <laughs> you could do that i also bought uh a a um it cost me 40 bucks but it was uh, it was all pdf but it's a power rangers tabletop rpg is it out yet it's been out for a while. I thought it was coming. Uh, I was under the impression that it was just announced in September of last year. I think it came out in early February. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came out this so year. last month. Yeah. Um, when I say a while, I mean like longer than we've been talking about it. Because um, I found out about it like a couple weeks ago. But when I bought the PDF, I've been reading that PDF on occasion, not enough time, but I also watched like an hour long video where a couple guys explained how to DM it, how to set it up for your players. And it's awesome. Like I want to play it real bad, real bad. It'd be my first ever, uh, me being a DM or GM in this case. That is not an easy task, let me tell you. It's a very underappreciated and overly abused task as well. One of... uh, Especially when you get a player with a stick up their ass. I know, I was thinking the same thing. Um, One of the things about what they they explained, what the two guys said in the video that I watched, um, 
he says, if this is your first time ever DMing a game, it's going to be a pain in the ass. Um, he goes, however, a major help is if you grew up on Power Rangers and know Power Rangers well enough. If if you know the so lore, if you've got a lot of the lore as uh, in your backstory, you know, can really help you. Yep, that's cool. Yeah. So, and I and like I said, I've been reading a lot of like what stuff is, and there's a lot of monsters and different types of like uh, lower end enemies. Like putties have like twenty variations. No joke. So, I really only thought there was like two: Rita's yeah, version same. and Zed's version. Same here. But yeah, there's like there's like 20 different variations and there's like I said smaller monsters and um the thing is is that players can't access swords until level 3. And he, and the guy says you could start your players off at level 3, but you as the GM need to understand that you need to set up the game for them to use those swords. You need to set up the game with the understanding that they're going to be at level 3 in the beginning. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So but, it sounds pretty interesting. Oh, uh, it's like once I'm once I'm confident enough and I have a story ready, is when I'll try to like sit down with like you and and Andy and Mark and try to set that up so we can do a session. Because we could effectively do that online. Um, I've 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 thought of a way to do it, so it'd be fun. But anyway, getting majorly off track here. Uh, yeah, the other thing I want to talk about before we get into what we're going to review uh, on our YouTube channel, which you can see us right now, um, I uploaded a review for the Disney Pixar <laughs> uh, Disney Pixar movie Turning Red. Um, something that I want to talk about or bring up was that one of the things about the film that I thought was really cool was that it is about a young Chinese, Amer a Chinese Canadian girl. Um, her family still like has a lot of tradition that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've read that it's very heavy with Asian culture. Yeah. So, the reason I bring this up is because I fucking loved the movie. I thought Turning Red was utterly fantastic. And something that I've been seeing a lot with this movie that drives me fucking nuts is, well, it was hard for me to get through because I couldn't see myself in it. I couldn't see myself in this role or in this character. You're not supposed to see yourself in it. To which my response is, that's the dumbest fucking take I've ever heard in my life. Now, here's why. Um, are you also not a robot who can collect trash? Are you not an old man and a little Filipino boy? Um, are you not a toy? You're also hey, not a car. Let's, the fuck? let's leave, let's leave the old man and little Filipino boys out of this. <laughs> God that's damn just, it, Maya. That's just you. You know exactly what I'm talking about though. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. Oh shit! Um, I'm t I, <laughs> uh, but what what drives me fucking nuts is that because I saw somebody complaining about this online. They were like, "How? Like, what? What weird fucking take?" Wait, no, 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 no. People no, no. complain about shit online. It's not what I mean, Maya. Oh, <laughs> I okay. saw someone. I saw someone mentioning 
how the 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 reviewers take on that was really stupid that's all to which my response was i'm also not a colombian girl but i loved encanto the fuck are they talking about um that to me is such a is such a bizarre concept i think you and i as reviewers we've never really done that like if we see ourselves in a character it's based on character character traits character character traits jesus yeah not not skin color or or where like when i watched turning red it was a coming of age tale about a young girl dealing with going into puberty hence the giant red fucking panda um also dealing with family tradition versus modern day uh yes yeah a lot of a lot of generational trauma to overcome um, which I thought that was funny. That was the theme of Encanto and then the theme, like part of the theme of Turning Red. Um, but uh, I would say the front, the front like facing theme of Turning Red is um, a young girl going through those changes for the first time. Um, and then of course you got the, 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 the other part of it. Um which, yeah, the whole thing, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a great fucking movie. But, uh, yeah, I just can't get over that 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 concept of I'm not a young Chinese-Canadian girl going through, her, her, uh, going through puberty. I can't relate. What in the actual, what in the fuck? What in the, what in the actual fuck? So, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because... <laughs> so weird like we're never going to do that on this show like today we're going to be talking not intentionally about, uh we're going to be talking about the marvelous miss Maisel finale of season three season four, four sorry season four and the adam project and i can tell you right now that i'm not a uh a uh 20 something uh, uh jewish woman divorcee in, in New York in the 50s, 60s now. But I relate to aspects of the fucking show. I'm not a time traveler, but I understand the concepts of fucking Adam Project. Anyway, just wild fucking take. And I just and I've seen a couple people have this take, and I'm like, do you just not enjoy most of media nowadays? The fuck is happening? I don't see I don't see the same skin color, so it doesn't relate to me. Fuck off. Please. Please kindly fuck off. How you have your job as a reviewer and get paid for it is beyond me. <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't get paid. We are not professionals. Nope. I started this podcast with the entire intent of having an having the ability to talk about the things I like to watch. That's it. And I brought in Maya because we had good conversations during my streams, and a, that's that. Because I'm a snack. <laughs> well, like Chex Mix, specifically, or <laughs> yeah. what are we thinking? <laughs> yeah, uh, more like corn nuts. Shit just gets. <laughs> oh boy! Anyway, folks, <laughs> Jesus. Um. So like I, I said, broke Greg. God, like corn nuts. You didn't have to say another word after that. It was already funny. Um, 
All right, so we're going to be talking about season, the season four finale of Marvelous Miss Maisel um, and then The Adam Project, which you can find on Netflix. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with uh, Miss Maisel. Well, yeah, well, this covered uh, episode seven and eight. Yes. Uh, bear with me here while I pull up a synopsis for these. <clears throat> okay, uh, episode... Seven is titled Ethan Esther Heim, uh, which are the names of uh, Midge's son, daughter, and Midge's brother's son, respectively. Yeah. Heim. <laughs> uh, let's see. Midge has a brief romantic encounter that ends quickly when the man's wife unexpectedly comes home. Yeah, she'd been flirting with this dude in the park. And he's like, you want to go get some coffee? I know a great place. And she says, sure. Coffee place is conveniently closed for renovations. Oh, he knew. He knew. He absolutely knew. He's like, well, I've got a great espresso machine at my place. You want to come back there? And they went there. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say... She really fought off his advances. She was pretty willing there. She had a, she had a fling, and then her, his wife came home and interrupted it, and she was just, just distraught and ran out of there. Grabbed his shirt, threw it on, and ran out of there, leaving her clothes behind. Um, Joel uh, loses his weekly deposit for his club. He gives it to Archie to take uh, to the bank. Archie spins around, has it in his hand, and somebody rides by on a moped and just snatches it right out of his hands. And boom, there goes his expense. You know, his 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 money. How's he going to pay his bills? You know, what's 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 going on? Uh, let's see. Um, Abe's in a store buying tobacco, and the little matchmaking mob comes in and starts putting threats on him threatening his wife and he runs out of there because he is terrified of these tiny women. <laughs> that was funny. Which was funny. Um Midge actually got a gig to do stand up for a fundraiser for the uh JFK campaign. And she was telling, you know, pretty straightforward funny jokes and then she mentioned something that happened to her and the, the audience was like, Oh, please. We want to hear it. We want to hear it. We want to hear it. She goes into her story about the, her being the other woman, which did not land well as it's heavily implied that this was about the time that JFK had his affair with Marilyn Monroe. Uh, which I like, they never like directly said it. It just massively hinted at. Yeah, uh, I was I was actually really appreciative of that because I was like I was like don't explain it to the audience. Like the people watching this should know, and if they don't know, that's impressive. Yeah, because um, arguably one of the more influential presidents we've ever had in this country. A uh, a great a great scene was Midge. Uh, Susie's Susie's talented magician Alfie. 
she's got him a show yeah to do his one man show and midge takes her entire family her parents her brother his brother's wife they all go see the show and one of the things alfie does is he hypnotizes rose midge's mother and he's like what does your daughter do and she said well she's a performer he said, show me, show me what your daughter does. And then Rose all of a sudden just completely starts acting like Midge and does her entire set that she saw her perform at the burlesque club in the episode before word for word. And mm-hmm. then he brings her out of the hypnotism and she has no idea that it even happened. And it's just, people are upset because of what Midge has been talking about on stage. Uh, you know, Abel's like, oh, we have sex more than every two months. <laughs> I'll say this I'm going to get a journal. I'll say this much about this scene. As absolute much as I enjoyed it, um, I don't, I don't believe in hypnotism to that degree. Oh no, I, I believe in suggestive, like, not even believe, suggestive. Um, what do you call that? When you create like a, a, a form in someone's mind to do suggestive things and then they kind of do them without thinking, that to me is a subliminal real messaging. Not quite subliminal, but close. Like the stuff you see at like the state fair or some shit like that, and then they you know, then someone like all bullshit. The girl with the all lobster f- claws? All bullshit. All bullshit. Oh. Um yeah. no no. <laughs> Sorry, I got what you're saying. Not the freak show. Um I, I was like, he's just going to let that one go. <laughs> I was like, I was like, lobster. So I was thinking like the girl like starts acting like a lobster on stage or some shit. But like, because my sister also went and did this. What ends up happening nine times out of ten to the people that go up on stage is they want to be the center of attention. And the, and the hypnotist is always looking for somebody who wants to be that, wants to be the center of attention. And when they get up on stage, they act it out and they think it's funny. There are a ton of instances where this doesn't work. This happened to my sister. Um, you know, she was saying that, like, I was concentrating on his voice. I was listening, but I didn't want to do the stuff that he was wanting me to do. Like, I was focused. I was there, but I didn't want to do the stuff. And because of that view that I have on hypnotists or... or um I don't want to say suggestionist because that's not an actual phrase, but the people that do that kind of stuff, as funny as this scene was, and as much as I enjoyed it, it took me out of the show. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I enjoyed it for the sake of storytelling. I enjoyed it for the sake of what it was doing for the show. But to add something like that in and make it real felt out of place for something that's been a very realistic depiction of that time of the world. Yeah. So it, it, that's that it bothered me a little bit. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was just kind of like, Oh, this is hilarious, but also bullshit. No, I get it. I do. So that's, that's my view on it, but, uh, it was funny. I was, I, I I can't, Oh, absolutely. I can't deny that. It was, it was genuinely entertaining and, and, I think Alfie as a character is fucking great. Like this neurotic oh, yeah. magician is fantastic. Absolutely. Definitely on the spectrum. A hundred percent. 
Uh, of course, you know, then there was no diagnosis for whatever disorder he apparently has. They would just call him strange. Mm-hmm. But fascinating character, though. Yeah. Like, as, um, as, that, as that is the case with neurodivergent characters um, that are in a time period piece. That's usually what happens. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Susie, she wants to fire her receptionist, but then her receptionist uh, takes her out to dinner uh, where Susie plans on firing her. And she's like, here's why I really brought you here. And there's a comic that was performing in the place while they're having their chicken and waffles. And Susie's like, okay, this guy's got talent. He's not polished. He's sloppy. He's all over the place, but he's got a lot of talent. And she's like, I want to manage you. So she's found another client. So she's padding out her client uh, list, which is cool. Um, the scene or the scene, the episode of episode seven ends with Joel finally deciding to tell his dad, Moish, about him and May and May being Chinese and May being pregnant. And you see it from afar. Uh, Moish is just sitting there looking at his son, hearing the story, and then he just falls sideways off his bar stool and is on the floor. And it ends like that. Uh, episode eight, which is the finale, opens up with everybody rushing into the hospital, and Moish is unconscious. And of course, <clears throat> Moish's wife, Shirley. He's going to die. He's going to die. The doctor said he's going to die. And the doctors, of course, at this point, had not said anything determinate. You know, they're still running tests. Uh, but yeah. it's like, yeah, the, here's the 60s. I mean, the people are smoking in the fucking hospital room. Yeah, that was the, like, I was like, I was like, way to accuracy on that part. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that I've, I've seen some people complain about the show, like Mad Men and this show. It's like everybody smokes too much. I'm like, were you around back then? Doctors That's all anybody ever did. Doctors would tell you, oh, these are the best cigarettes for expectant mothers. They would they tell would you also, stuff like that. If you have anxiety, they would they would tell you to smoke. Yeah. I mean, everybody did that shit. It's historically accurate. Get your head out of your ass. That's wild that people would say that. Yeah. That's... It's fucking weird. Weird, but you um, know. Yeah, I think I think the, the the other thing about that scene that was really important was that Moish had a heart attack. He had a heart attack straight up, and the heart yeah. attack put him into a into a mild coma. And yeah. um, with medical science as of today, we'd have known that 10, 15 minutes of him being in the hospital. Um, but in nineteen sixty, then it took days. Took literally days for them to figure that out, and again, why the hypnotist scene throws me for a fucking loop in the show. Um, it was it was it was really cool to see that angle. It was really cool to see like multiple doctors being on on staff for that particular situation. Whereas that wouldn't be the case today. You might get one or two doctors, not fucking like five. Ah, as an amputee, how many doctors did you have for a leg removal? 
uh, a small army. Well, a what, small is, army. Is it all like full on, full on doctors, or just like some of them were residents, nurses, and some of them were attending, some of them were, you know, in medical school, um, you know. But I would have a team of doctors come in on a regular basis. Uh, and I'm sure if I had, you know, when I had heart issues in the past, I would have a team of doctors come in and speak to me. Uh, it's not uncommon anymore, but you know, anyway, it was besides the point. It just, it felt definitely like there needed to be a team of doctors in the sixties to figure out what happened to Moish versus today. Like, I feel like you had, like, to figure out that you needed an amputation, you had a team of doctors. But when they were no, going to my leg, leg was so fucked. My leg was so fucked. One doctor looked at it, and she had literally been there five minutes. She came and looked at it and says, we're going to have to amputate. Yeah, there wasn't a team that made that decision. Yeah, that, that furthers my point. So, I don't know. That's what it there felt like. There was a team that had to figure out what in type of infection that I had contracted that led to it. It turns out it was flesh-eating bacteria disease. So there's that. that makes sense. Yeah. And that took several days to get the test results back and see what it was. But yeah. Anywho. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just. It was just. Really I said cool anywho. I, I want to punch myself in the mouth over that now. <laughs> Why? Because I hate it. I meant to say <laughs> anyway. That's that's fair. I usually there's two there's two things I hate. I I hate when people say uh, same difference. It drives me fucking nuts. There's no such thing as a as ugh ugh ugh. Um. And uh, whenever whenever anyone says bazinga. Oh yeah. Anyway, um. So yeah, what uh, uh after that it was like. Oh, that was the. Other... Oh, go ahead. I was like, that was the other big thing was that, um, because of Moish's heart attack. Through that is how Shirley found out that does Shirley know? That she Joel doesn't know with... yet. She still doesn't know yet. She she actually says in a scene later because May's in the room with them. Uh, everybody except for Joel and Midge think that she's just somebody that the hospital hired to play mahjong with the uh, with people while they okay. were waiting. <laughs> okay, I missed that line cuz I was like I was like cuz there's this scene where she's playing mahjong and I was like is She comes this... to Joel and she's like yeah. your mother's a shark, give me some yeah. money. She's got a $20 buy-in. It's fucking hilarious. Um but yeah, because of that like oh, I think of what $20 is in fucking 1960. Good lord. Actually, I'm going to do that fucking right now. Let's see. Yeah, look um, up inflation calculator. I'd say it's probably close to a hundred bucks in today's money. Inflation calculator. Do 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 do. Nineteen sixty. Come on. Highlight. There we go. Thank you. Twenty dollars. Calculate is one hundred ninety-one dollars. Almost two hundred. Holy shit! Yeah, inflation is uh, at eight hundred fifty-eight percent. That got me a little depressed. Not gonna lie, <laughs> it's upsetting. Um, 
Anyway, capitalism, folks. Uh, yeah. But the scene was funny. <laughs> the scene was really funny. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, because I thought for sure that they... That, that, that I knew that... Here's the thing. So I knew that Shirley didn't know that May was pregnant, but I was I was confident that they had told uh, uh, Shirley that Joel and May were dating. No, it never came up. And that remember, there's a scene at the end of the episode where Moish goes back home after he recovers from his heart attack. You know, yeah, they they let you think he might possibly be dead or dying throughout half of the episode. Oh, I fucking uh, full on cried. Like before this scene you're talking about when they could take him home. When oh, yeah. fucking Abe is sprinting Abe to get his back. Obituary. Oh my god. I, I was I was literally legitimately like because he, I, he, you see how much they act towards each other. You know, the, the bickering and the arguing and everything, but it, when it all comes down to it, Abe genuinely loves him as a as a fellow human and a friend. Yeah. And he expressed that and Moish, you know, he let him know he felt it. He's like mouthing thank you to him. And he's like, you touched my heart. And he's, that was a beautiful scene. It really was. <clears throat> but uh, when, when they take, when they go home and Joel's sitting with him on the bed, he's like, he said, I want to tell you something right now. He said, you didn't cause my heart attack. He's like, I didn't. He's like, no. He said, I don't care that your girlfriend's Chinese. He said, I don't care if she's pregnant. Another grandchild or a grandchild, that's that's wonderful. You know, another one. I'm happy about that. He said, but she's gonna have to be Jewish before your mother finds out. <laughs> that's right, yeah. The other the other line in that same scene that made me laugh was everyone was helping Moish like walk around and he's just like, you know, being the stubborn older guy that he is, he wants to be independent. And he gets to the bed and <laughs> he's like, he's like I'm sitting. I'm not eating any salt. Can I be left alone? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, now, like that's. I think that's the other thing I love about the show. Speaking of the scene with Abe, is this group of characters, as much as they bicker, as much as they have these neurotic tendencies, they genuinely love each other. They genuinely give a shit about each other. They might talk behind each other's back all the time. They might have these moments where they're like, I can't stand to be around this person. But the second that that person's in danger, that second that that person needs help, they're there. Yeah. They are family and they love each other genuinely. And I think that that comes through in the bickering. That comes through in the irritation, which is what I personally feel like makes this show so good. Like you're not just getting one note characters, one dimensional characters you're getting full on every fucking character that's in the show is three is three dimensional, including yeah. but not limited to Susie, which by the way, uh the girl Alex um Borstein. Borstein, Jewish woman. No clue if Susie is Jewish. Not a fucking ounce of like is Susie Jewish. Never talked about in the show, as far as I remember. Uh, I don't think she is in the show. I'm looking because she's she's made references to not understanding what certain Jewish traditions are. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but um, 
is Susie in Mar? Nope, that's not how you spell Mar, Greg. Type it out correctly. The answer Marvelous is Miss no. Maisel. Well, the first one is, is she gay? Um, no indication on that. Jew. So anyway, while you're looking that up, one of the things that uh, happened in episode seven, I think it was episode seven or else it was, no, it was very early in episode eight. Lenny shows up at the burlesque club when Midge is there after she goes back from the hospital. And he's like, the reason why I'm here is I talked to somebody, got you a gig opening for Tony Bennett at the Copacabana. And he's like, I had to go out of my way to get this for you. But I'm letting you know that it's there. Uh, the cops bust into the club and you hear all this, these bangs and thumps and things being thrown around. You're like, what the fuck is that? And of course the characters are Midge and Lenny are like, what the fuck is that? Go and look out the stage curtain and the transition from that quiet calm behind the curtain to that whole scene of people like bodies, people falling off of the balcony and people getting thrown over fucking tables and shit and the cops cracking heads in. That was an awesome shot, by the way. An absolutely it was. awesome shot. Uh, by the I way, agree. Meyerson Meyerson is a Jewish name. Okay, so she is she is Jewish, but they never talk about it. Okay, so she's not practicing. Yeah. Anyway, so um. Anyway, uh, they, you know, Lenny and Midge run with the rest of the girls out of the back of the club to get away from the cops. It's in the middle of a big snowstorm. Whole episode takes place in a big snowstorm, by the way. Yeah. Huge uh, blizzard in New York in the sixties. They go back to his hotel because they needed to get out of the elements and that sexual tension finally gets broken and they do the deed. Um, Which is the first time, right? Yes. First time. That's all. That's all. They hinted at it strongly that he wanted to invite her into his hotel room when they were in Miami in season three, when she was on tour with Shy Baldwin and she turned him down. Um, but this time, no, she didn't turn him down. They, um, but yeah, later on, they done food. Later on, Susie, uh, finds out that Lenny got her the gig for the Tony Bennett show. And she's like, I'm not doing it. She's like, what do you mean you're not doing it? She's like, no opening acts. She's like, I can't make you a headliner if you don't work. Piss me off. And right now you're not that. working. And Susie pretty much told her, uh, you know, and then the mob guys, Nikki and Frank, that are always hanging around there now, you know, they've told Susie that they want to taste. They want to taste. They want to cut. You know, they did her a favor. She's got to do them a favor soon. And they take notes that may just turn down gigs. And for what reasons? I'm like, oh, interesting. Didn't take this gig in Croatia because family. Okay. Oh, interesting. You're not taking this Tony Bennett gig. I'd rethink that if I were you. She's like, I don't do opening acts. <laughs> and just, which is a dumb hill for her to die on. 
Well, and it, it just goes back to my point that I've said she cannot get out of her own way. Right. She is a self-saboteur to the nth degree, and she doesn't mm-hmm. even realize it. Yeah, everyone around her is telling her otherwise, and she just cannot get over it or get past it. But the biggest thing uh, that happened to this, and I love this so much, you know, they actually show Lenny Bruce playing the Carnegie Hall, uh, which was the turning point in his career for him. Um, you know, he 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 does he does the show. Midge is watching. She meets him backstage. He's like, "Come here, follow me." And he takes her back out to the stage. And this is after everybody's left the theater and everything. She's like, what's it feel like? And he, was, he said, it felt pretty amazing. And she is admiring and, you know, giving him praise. And he kind Clearly of wants, like, wants that. She wants what he just experienced. She wants what he just experienced. And he's like, then you, why'd you turn down the Copa job? She's like, I don't do opening acts. He's like, you're not working. He said, you get to do what I just did. You're going to have to work. I went out on a limb for you. I got you this opportunity. She's like, but you get to say whatever you want. I want to be able to say whatever I want. And he's like, being arrested is not a badge of honor. Do you know how many places I can't play that I can't work that I can't make money because of the things that I've said? It's not a badge of honor. And she sees it as it is. And he realizes that. And he tells her, he's like, don't fuck this up or it'll break my heart. And he walks away. And the the way that he says it, the way that he looks at her, like, I was just like, that hit fucking hard. Not just for us as the viewers, but for her. Yeah. So. But. But yeah, she walks through the, 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 the blizzard sees a sign that says go forward and then like she kind of gets the a little Gordon, bit closer the, the Gordon Ford show yeah which is leading me to believe that since Susie got uh what's her ass on the, on the Gordon Sophie show, Lennon Sophie Lennon that she might have a little bit of leeway to get um uh Midge on the Gordon show well that may have been the case at the end of episode six though remember how she totally fucked up that job that she had gotten warming up the audience for Sophie before her game show. Yeah. That guy was supposed to come in and look at her, but she's not there anymore. So he's not willing to, you know, and she won't work anywhere where the guy can go. So once again, she's shooting herself in the foot. Right. right. Susie lets her hear about it. You know, you see that confrontation and it's very interesting. Is it next season? The last season? Next season is the last season. I'm hoping it's 10 episodes. I'm hoping it's 10 episodes long and we get, we get a lot of closure with a lot of these characters. Yeah, I agree. But um, I have a theory and I'm not going to say it on air, but I have a theory about how it's going to close out. I have a few as well, but okay. Um, We'll save those for another time. (laughs) Let's go ahead and uh, give our final thoughts and a a grade. So we can move on to the Adam project. Um, I'm just going to go first here. I, I think it's a fantastic show. It's an A-plus across the board. The whole season is an A-plus. Um, it, it's, it's every episode, every scene has a lot of character, a lot of depth, a lot of information. Um, 
every character's storylines are moving forward, not backwards. Um, whether their you know like job or something like that is no longer there or it's not as good, it's not a back step for any of the characters. It's actually a forward step because they're growing as people, and we and we get to see that in real time, and it's fucking fantastic. So, a plus for me, Maya. Um, I, I give the season as a whole an A. I give the finale an A plus. Um, I mean, there were times the season felt like it was struggling to find its way a little bit interesting, in a cohesive manner. But overall, for the most part, you know, each episode uh, appears to span several weeks to a month's time uh, and the way the time is progressing on this show. Uh, because in the final episode, you see it's in early November. Uh, first episode starts in like, I want to say February or March, the first episode. And it's like very first of November in this episode, because I'm assuming that if election day was still on the first Tuesday in November back in 1960, the people were in the celebrating in the blizzard. Just a few people were that Kennedy was elected. They're like, we did it. We did it. Um, I don't know, but yeah. Uh, oh, we also didn't talk about uh, Abe's running with the, uh, the fucking matchmaker women. Yeah, I did. You did? I, I did. was. I glossed. My brain just did not hear you. Then I was like, he was in the tobacco store buying his tobacco and ran into the tiny mob, the matchmaker mob, and he was that afraid of the been, tiny woman, especially. That might have been when I got a text from my mom. <laughs> ah, shit was fucking funny. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, uh, overall, the season it has so, so much heart, and the characters are just so lovable, even though they're flawed as hell. You just can't help but love the characters. Uh, you know, all of them. I, I just... I want season five to come much sooner than season four did. We had to wait two, two years. years yeah. We had to wait two years and two months for season four. I don't want to wait that long for season five. But I don't want them to rush season five Well, I think just to only... get it done. I want them to get it done when they have the story right. Because from what I understand, they have the story already. They they have the story. I don't know about the scripts, fi- you know, finalized, but yeah, they, they had it done like before season three. Apparently, like they knew the direction the show was going to go. But the what I think the reason we had two years was because pandemic uh, mainly. Yeah, it really fucked up production. So and they were like, well, we don't want to rush it. We don't want to half half ass it. So we're just going to kind of piece it together as we can and film what we can for two years and then put it together and, and release it. So I think we would have gotten this season last year if it not had been not for a pandemic, but you know. probably also probably cut some episodes out too, because I know that they wanted to make it 10 episodes, but we'll see. We'll see if season five is that I just know I'm excited for the show's finale. I, I, I have this thing about like shows that I really enjoy that I've been watching for a long time, getting a finale, getting that. Yeah. Like, cause getting that closure, that, that closure is so important for a story. There's been too many stories that I I love and then just get canceled, and I just never get that closure. Like, still one of I think one of the best shows that was on TV was with Carl Urban, um, Almost Human. I never watched it. It's it's a 24 episode season, season one or I think it's 24 episodes, but it's it's it has closure to the season arc. 
but there's a there's more story there with like Carl Urban's character and whatnot. It's just Fox was like, nope, done. I was like, God damn it. It's a good season of TV, a really good season of TV, but but it was only one. It was only one. There was a great series that FX had. It's been a it's been over 10 years now. I think it was back around 2011. What? But it had Donald Logue in it. It was called Terriers. I think, is, I think I remember that. Oh, it's a great fucking show. He was a private eye. Uh, and his partner who worked with him was an ex-con that he basically bailed out and helped get his life turned around after he quit his job being a cop. I, it is really good. I Usually it's... It. I think it's available to watch on Hulu, but it's totally great. I think it was like 10, I think it was like 13 episodes, but, uh, but yeah, that's all for Mrs. Maisel for a while. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we get one next year, like I said, and, and then we can, we'll talk about that as well. Um, of course, I mean, we've reviewed every season on the show, right? Yeah. We Do you review season one? We did one and two together because season two was recommended to us That's by right. someone. That's right. So we reviewed season one and two together when two came out. That's right. I was like, I was like, I don't think we reviewed season one as it was new. So, but um, of course, yeah, that was also back when everything was binged. And right, right. Yeah. We would cover a whole season in a half an hour. Well, Instead kind of, of two how... episodes and a half an hour now. Mm-hmm. Well, Prime has also been doing something a bit different with their shows. They're instead of doing, uh, you know, three episodes to start off, and then for the next five weeks you get the rest, or the next, you know, seven weeks you get the rest, or whatever. Um, now they're doing two episodes a week, and I think they're going to do the same thing with the boys. So mm. we'll see. But uh, well, it, it helps content stay relevant longer. So I understand why they do it. Yeah. It also helps me with my newfound fucking uh, responsibilities. responsibilities. So, Well, let's go ahead and move on to our last thing that we're going to review. The Adam Project, which you can find on Netflix starring um, Jennifer Gardner, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Garner. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Sorry, Jennifer Garner, <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds. And Zoe Saldana, 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 Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, yes, 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 and Catherine Keener of all people. Yeah, that surprise that that was a surprise, like little like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, so the main plot, simple enough. Um, uh, young Adam, uh, you know, he's he's kind of this sarcastic kid who whose mouth gets him in trouble a lot. He has a he has bullies. He has you know. It's, He's kind of a dick to his mom. He's 13, 14, 12, 12. Wow. It's way off. Um, but yeah, he's, oh yeah, that's right. Cause yeah, 12 year old self. Um, and, uh, one day he's at home by himself and he hears noises coming from outside. Uh, upon going and checking it out, it's, it's, uh, Ryan Reynolds who turns out to be his older self from the future. Um, we then go on a journey an adventure, if you will, with young Adam and older Adam uh, trying to fix the timeline, trying to fix what makes the future so bad. 
Um, and uh, I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who still hasn't watched it. Because it is a movie. You know, it's not a not a series. So, you know, it's an hour and 46 minutes. Yeah. It's about, very... an hour, about an hour and 39, 40 minutes without the credits. Yeah. It's definitely a family movie. 100%. I the, like a lot of people were using the term emblem entertainment. And I totally fucking understand that. Like it felt uh, like it felt like a a uh, a modern because it's you know it's got modern CGI and shit like that, but it felt like the same kind of like not heavy but definitely like medium stakes adventure. It wasn't medium; it was way higher than medium. But um, okay, hey, you know what it felt like? What's that? It felt like. Um, it felt like a sci-fi channel movie. Mm, I don't necessarily agree. Main reason is that the the way they explain time travel was a lot more. It made a lot more sense than other time travel stories. Oh, no, I'm not saying that from the plot. I'm talking from a looks-wise. It looks like something you would get on the Sci-Fi Channel. I thought it looked way better than Sci-Fi Channel, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just me and the TV that I have. Uh, But some of it didn't look good. Some of it did, but a lot of it didn't look good. My The complaint that I'd have about the CGI, if anything, was... um, Shots that took place in locations like when the atoms were on the platform going up inside the ship, Mm -hmm. that looked bad. Like you could see that platform kind of like wiggling a little bit, like almost the, the green screen thing that the two that the two were standing on wasn't tracked correctly with the CGI that was placed over it. Yeah. Um, other than that, I didn't think it looked bad because the, the cockpit was definitely practical with, with, you know, green screen on the, on the other side of it through the windows. Um, and that was fine because it didn't need to be too good. Uh, I personally thought that the, what came out of the lightsaber stick thing that looked really fucking cool. Um, like the shock wave that came out of it was nice. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, when I say emblem entertainment, um, I think I, I think I and others are meaning the story. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not. This is nothing against the story. I just think that it looked low, probably more cheaper. low budget than it was. Yeah, yeah, I'm at sure. Times. Um. Yeah, I'm As trying to for think the of like, story. Yeah. Eh, it was really? Okay. Really? It was okay. I didn't laugh once out loud. I was just like, I've seen this before and done better. It's called Deadpool 2. <laughs> uh, I don't agree with you at all. No, no. I'm, I'm saying. No, no, the, no, no, no. I mean, humor, the humor and the time travel, you know, element. But I'm not the whole plot, no. 
I enjoyed the humor a lot. I, I thought it was, you know, like something that, because it definitely wasn't an adult movie. No. Like, I would put this at PG, not even PG-13. Oh, yeah. I think it is PG-13. I think it's rated PG-13. I'll double check that right now. But If it is, it's got to be for violence. And, you know, there's really not a lot of that. It is PG-13. Wow. For what, though? I'd have watched this shit when I was 10. Oh, a little as a little kid, I would have loved this shit. This probably would have been one of my favorite movies if I yeah. was a 10-year-old. Uh, language, violence, slash action, suggestive references. Yeah, language, language, they say shit like twice. Yeah. I guess that's enough for a PG-13. Okay. I don't know. Like... What I really enjoyed about the about the story was that they did sci-fi or sci-fi time travel correctly in my mind. I've argued about this a lot because a lot of people have problems with time travel. Um, and a lot of movies do time travel in such a weird way. It's either one of two things. It has to be full-on fate, full-on fate. Like you go into the past and whatever you trigger was meant to happen. Or it's you can straight up change the future. This did neither. This did the it's there's a there's a fixed timeline, and if you do travel to the past and you create that fit or you like you fix that fixed timeline, you'll just disappear. Which I appreciate. Well, it was very much following along the time travel rules that they used for endgame. Yes, 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 which I personally i'm a big fan of which in my opinion has been the most effective use of time travel in a movie the in a movie plot um outside of you know a series being dark uh which we also reviewed on this show that was such a unique time travels too. Like that was so different from anything i'd ever seen that's the most clever use time travel i've ever seen in anything yeah, yeah, because it was it was so radically different, and that's I think for Adam Project, if you're gonna do a simple time travel story, this is the most effective and best way to do it in my mind. It it because it, it it clears up plot, plot holes. It straight up does. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and I, I'm not hating on it. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I fall somewhere kind of in the middle on it. Um, I think Misty enjoyed it more than I did. We watched it together last night. Um, but I mean, there are touching moments in it. You know, yeah. there's some really touching moments in it where older Adam from the future, he's from the year 2050, is takes place in the year 2022 and 2018. Uh, when he's in 2022, he actually sees his mom go into a bar and she has a drink and she's expressing her frustrations about how her son treats her to the bartender to which he has this touching moment with her. He's saying he doesn't hate you at all. He loves you more than, more than he knows, which is something that she would always say to him. And I felt that she came to the realization that that was a future him way too quickly. Oh, I didn't think that was the case at all. I didn't think that's what that scene... I didn't think her running out of the bar was what that entailed to me. What what that said to me was 
she wanted to get to know him because it seemed like he understood Adam better than she did or that she could talk to him about Adam and feel less alone versus thinking that it was a future him. It's hard to say, but that's the thing. These things are open for interpretation, uh, which I like, you know, there's no, there's no wrong way to view that scene. I suppose. I suppose. I mean, I mean, that's art in general. Um, I, if that's the case, if their entire intent of that shot was to say, oh, she figured out that it was Adam for the future. That's really dumb. Yeah. I just don't think that if, if that was the intent for her to figure that out, that's really bad. And the reason that I think that is because what he says to her isn't like, I know Adam because I am Adam. It was, I've just had a bad relationship with my mom and I regret it. And her being single, her having that date and Adam ruining it, essentially. She, I guess she kind of saw him as like a potential father figure to Adam. And that's why she I didn't get that at all. No. Like, they're sitting there, they're talking, and, you know, she's like, I feel like I know you. And uh, she says the whole thing about my husband had a jacket that was exactly like that. And he's like, well, yeah, this is a classic. But when he says the exact words to her that she had repeated to her son just hours before, she just has this look of realization on her face and goes off running after him. I don't th- I didn't come get that other take at all. I guess the reason it would have been dumb to me is because nothing in the film up to that point had told her time travel exists. Nothing up to that point in the film had told her that there's a potential for your son as an adult. To find I'm not. You. I'm not saying that she full on knew. It's like, oh shit, this is my son from the future. I'm just thinking that she had enough interest there to find out more about him who he is and how he knows these things, how he has this insight, uh, so to speak. Well, sure. Sure. But I, that like, I mean, that's why I say that, you know, to, to chase after him was to get to know him versus going like wanting to go like, how do you know that? I just told that to my son. Like, I don't think she would have done that. She'd have just been like, you know, trying to figure out who he is as a person, but regardless, um, uh, the scene was touching regardless for the audience. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and I think a lot of adults might have that mindset when it comes to their parents. Like I always think back to as, as somebody who takes care of my parents now and the relationship that I have with my folks, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and grateful for, but you know, there's a lot of stuff I said when I was in my teens that I wish I hadn't, you know? And I think that's, that scene is definitely for that. Like those adults that feel that those adults that kind of have that concept of, of I was a shit teenager. So I, I, that's, that's what I personally enjoyed from it. 
but also this whole movie is is not meant to and that's that's the other thing i have to put into context here for anyone who wants to watch it i don't believe this movie is meant to be thought about deeply outside of emotional you know no no it's not it is a I think that's why emblem entertainment is, is a word or a phrase that gets brought up often when talking about it. Because if you think back to those movies, you know, from the, the late eighties into the nineties, those films were just meant to be watched on a Friday night with your family while you order pizza and get some root beer. Dad's having a beer on the couch. Mom's having a you know, sip of wine. Kids got pizza and, and soda and you, and you, hit the popcorn after dinner and you watch a fucking emblem entertainment movie. And that's what this felt like to me straight up. It felt kind of cheap, not terribly cheap. The plot, you know, was thought out, but not, you know, like it was farted out in a month. Gunshot wounds that fart. That was just weird. Oh, fuck, that fucking made me laugh. That, that, that was actually a clever callback joke. When he's when he makes that comment, and then like later in the scene, he laughs or something, and it, you hear the fart. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's smart. That's I was clever. That was fun." And that's the other thing. I I definitely got the sensation and and, and the idea that all of these expensive actors weren't paid expensively, and we're just kind of so. having and we're just kind of having fun with it, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a fun little movie. Um, very, very much so. Ryan and and Mark Ruffalo were having fun for sure. Oh, absolutely. Though there is that really touchy scene at the end with Mark and the Ryans. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we won't we won't spoil too much because no, there we'll are things there are things that are touching and genuinely heartfelt. Uh, there are fun action sequences. Uh, it's not a very in-depth plot. You know, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, connect the dots when it comes to that. But I, I think this is definitely a movie you need to watch with your family. If you have a movie night and you're kind of like, let's just watch a, one-timer kind of movie that you just enjoy and you and you go on with your life like it's not life-changing for sure like it's not like i have zero interest to watch this movie again oh no no one time was enough uh in fact you know i'll i'll give it a c plus um i give a little bit higher than that but yeah it's just slightly better than average i gave it a b with with some great actors yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of hard. The actors do a fine job. Yeah. Like like I said, it's a it's a solid movie. It's it's it's. I I don't know how else to put it. Like that's why I gave it a B. Like I enjoyed it enough. I enjoyed the the sci fi plot of it. Um. But again, that sci fi element they don't they don't go too deep into. No, there's not like there is some exposition towards it, but not not enough. And I think that's fine. I think that's perfectly fine. 
But yeah, so um, you said a C C plus C plus C plus. Yeah, I gave it a B. So not too far off from one another. No, but I do enjoy witty banter, even if it is simple witty banter. Um, so that kind of, I guess that was a, uh, definitely a big plus in my, in my park. Oh, there was, there were some good ones. Don't get me wrong. Um, and the kid that played the young Adam, you know, he like Ryan Reynolds, you know, he has to mimic Ryan Reynolds fucking delivery. He did a really good job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so real quick, if I can pull it up here. Uh, and I guess not. Maybe, hold on. What? Maybe it was on the... So there was a TikTok that was recorded by Ryan Reynolds. Um, it might have been on Netflix Geeked. Yeah, there it is. Okay, I found it. Wolverine. So in the First, shot... Yeah, so the kid like memorized that entire thing. Wow. Yeah. I hope we don't get a copyright strike from that. No, it was on, it was on I, it was I a TikTok. I mean, it was a TikTok, so I don't think we will, but. And a lot of it was bleep, so yeah, I don't think that's don't true. Think any, yeah. I don't think we're you ever can, gonna, you, like, can, you can see the TikTok itself uh, if you watch the YouTube version yeah. of the show, where you can see both of us. Because I'm on camera now. And that I'm was the, that from here on out. Yeah, I was like, that was the other reason I played it was because you could just hear it, and that was the kid that plays young Adam in the movie. By the yeah, way, yeah, his name's Walker Scobell. He did a fantastic job. I mean, he's still a kid. He really actor, did. So. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, that's it. That's it, and that's all for the podcast today, guys. Um, next week we're going to be doing an uninhibited. Uh, because there's really nothing coming out in the, in the intern week, but, uh, the following week we're, I'm, I'm actually very excited for the following week. We're going to be reviewing, I think it's the first two episodes, but I could be wrong of the halo TV show, but regardless the first few, um, and, uh, moon Knight, which will premiere the Wednesday that we record usually, but We'll have to review for the following. Anyway, you get it. So next week, uninhibited, we're just going to shoot the shit, probably have a game or two, and then and then uh, the following week will be Halo and, and uh, Moon Knight. 
So that's that. Um, make sure you follow us on all socials, which you'll find listed down below. That's where we'll also let you know if we add a show uh, or, or something to that effect. Um, that's also where you can suggest shows for us to watch. If there was something that we might have missed that you think we'd enjoy, let us know on the social medias. Um, also, if you want to buy some merch, you can check out our Teespring store, which is also the link is listed below. Uh, summer's coming up and, or spring, I should say, and you can get a shirt or something that, I don't know. I've never, I've, I haven't actually been. Greg's never looked Teespring. at the Teespring store. I looked at I it when we tell you what's first there. got it. I looked at it when we first got it and that was it. But that's the, I'm terrible about that because I don't, I don't have money to buy one of the shirts yet. So, but I will soon. Um, but you do because they're a low, low price. You can get, Oh yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. You can take 15% off. What's well, yeah, you put in the code is AQU15, if I'm not mistaken. Let me what? just double check. Yeah. I didn't know there was a code. Yeah. I'd have had AQU15. That it's actually in the show description every week. Nice. All right. There you go. And well, the link to I... the store 15% off any merchandise, folks. There you go. All proceeds go directly into funding this podcast and keeping and... it keeping it going. And we'll never, ever let you know about that promo code until the end of the show. That way we guarantee you watched it. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't get that out. It was too funny. Um, uh, and and uh, you can check out our YouTube channel where you can now see Maya live every week. Well, it's not live, but you can see her. Um, and... Uh, Oh, that was the other thing. I was like, I was like, there wasn't the point I was bringing up the YouTube channel. You can see my solo reviews, which I did one on Cuphead or the Cuphead show and just recently Turning Red. So if you want my further opinion on Turning Red outside of what I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, you can check that out there. Um, also, give the channel a subscribe and a follow and a, and a like and all that jazz because helps us out. Helps us out in the long run. It's free to you. Hell, you don't even have to watch the whole podcast on YouTube. Just go subscribe. Just go, just go subscribe, okay? I'm talking directly to you listening to this podcast. Just go there now. Yeah, I'm talking to you. No, I'm not behind you. Don't look around. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> My face. My face like, what the fuck are you doing, Greg? My, where, where can folks find you? Uh, <clears throat> not in front of you, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile, so if you wish to follow me also on Twitter or Instagram, you can follow the links there and do so. Uh, you can also catch me on the uh, on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on, an, on a show called Figabangin' that airs every other Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And those are the places you can find me. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can find me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. And uh, like I said, the solar reviews on our YouTube channel. Um, and from time to time, I do things with Anthony over on the Mission Start podcast page. Um, also, Mission Start Tubes on YouTube. Uh, we do like a every once in a while kind of like what's going on in the video game world. But uh, but yeah, so that's, that's it for me. Um, again, guys, uh, next week, no reviews. Take the week off. 
Uh, you don't have to watch anything with us. I don't know how many of you but actually watch the things don't every take, week. Don't take the week off of listening to us, though. Still listen to us. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, you just have no homework before listening to us. To be fair, you never have homework. It's only it's it's all voluntary. No, they have to, Maya. They have to watch these things. That's how this works. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, get excited for Halo and Moon Knight. That's all I got. But uh, but yeah. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.